All right, welcome everyone. This is Dr. Clark, the Center for Weight Loss Success. And today on Losing Weight USA, we're going to talk a little bit about fentermine. Fentermine is an appetite suppressant. And basically, can it help you in a weight loss program? Short answer is yes. We'll get into some of the details here. All right, welcome to Losing Weight USA, real-time answers to your weight loss questions. Some of the latest updates and research, as well as a little bit of expert advice. Gives you direct access not only to me, but you should be receiving the health tips and recipes via the membership portal. And yes, I encourage you to get into the membership portal. We keep updating things and adding more things in there. Each of these webinars will last about 30 minutes or so. If you have questions, type them in into the chat box as we go along. We'll get to them at the end. If you think of things once we're all done, just give us a yell here at the Center for Weight Loss Success, the email is success at cfwls.com phone number 757-873-1880 all right so let me get slides over here we go good all right so again we're talking about fentramine today now fentramine is an appetite suppressant and Appetite suppressants in general have kind of come and gone throughout the years. A lot of appetite suppressants were, they were FDA approved for a period of time, then over time they figure out, hey, it causes these problems, um, and subsequently they'd be taken off the market. So many of them have kind of come and gone. Fentramine, on the other hand, has stuck around. It's been around now for over 60 years. And, and part of it is because it has a good, strong safety profile. So can it actually be helpful for weight loss? What are the risks? How long can you use it? We're going to try to answer a bunch of these questions as they, as kind of I've gone through them as anyway, as far as what I thought were the important ones. All right, so fentramine again, it's been around for about over 60 years now. I think it's like 61 or two years now. It is. It was very, very closely regulated by the FDA. So when it was originally, this was back in 1959, I think, when the um, uh, it was first approved and it was very closely regulated to the F by the FDA because there was some concern at the time of it, its approval that it could cause a lot of other side effects. Could it be addicting? Um, could it cause other health problems? And so it's never actually been updated in that FDA regulations, even though we found that over time, fentramine is actually a very, very safe uh, medication. Actually, in most places around the world, you can walk into just about any pharmacy and buy fentramine. Okay? In the U.S., no, it's very closely regulated. It is a scheduled uh, medication, um, which means there are a lot of hoops to jump through to kind of obtain it, as well as kind of follow up and little things that go they're very doable but still it's kind of one of those medications that many physicians don't have a lot of experience with um and just because it is so heavily regulated but overall it can be a very safe medication and it actually can be used long term originally um it was only thought it could only could be used short term and part of that was the original studies were only done for a couple of months 
And because those original studies were only done for a couple of months, the FDA only approved it to be utilized for a couple of months. Now, since then, it's been used for years and years and years and years. And a lot of experience, it shows that, hey, it can be used for an extended period of time, but it still needs to be monitored. And that's kind of uh, one of those things with any, really just most medications probably should be monitored. So fentramine on, on the slide there, if you're looking at slides, there's a little, you know, what's the chemical composition look like? It doesn't matter, okay? But it actually is a fairly simple composition. Probably the point I wanna make about this is that part of the composition of fentramine, the chemical makeup of it, the way it looks, actually looks very similar to speed. Okay, which is one of the reasons okay, was uh, that they thought this would be an addictive thing and actually, but it's not. Okay, although it looks somewhat similar, it is not addictive. Um, so typically there are kind of uh, indications of who could potentially utilize it and they have to do with weight. So the clinical indications for utilizing fentramine is generally having a body mass index over 30 or a body mass index over 28 with other medical problems associated with it, such as high blood pressure, um, uh, diabetes being another one there. So kind of uh, weight with the comorbid comorbidities that go along with them. Now, um, even though that's kind of where it was originally indicated, uh, for physicians that have a, an extensive experience with utilizing fentramine, we found that we can actually utilize it in a, a we can broaden that out. And as long as it is monitored, it actually is a very safe medication. So in my experience, and we've been utilizing fentramine uh, through the Center for Weight Loss Success for 20 years? Wow, yeah. I was just trying to look back at fun over 19 years. Anyway, we've been utilizing this uh, kind of uh, for an extended period of time. So we've seen a number of people come through here. We have an extensive experience utilizing it. And we just have to realize, just like most medications, they're a tool to do something. A blood pressure medication to control your blood pressure, cholesterol medication to control your cholesterol. Appetite medication is to help control your appetite. But realize there's nothing magic. There's not like all of a sudden something magical happens and weight falls off people. It's like, no, that's all it is. It's a good tool. That's what it is. It basically can take the edge off hunger. Now, it in itself, fentramine itself will not prevent you from eating, though. It's not like, you know, gee, it's going to, you know, sew your lips together or something like that. It's like, no, it takes the edge off hunger. But you also have to realize that sometimes as humans, we eat not because we're hungry, but for lots of other reasons, whether it be, hey, this is just good. It smells good. I like this. Um, we're in social situations, whatever. Um, we eat for lots of other reasons that have nothing to do with hunger. And so part of that is if you eat for a lot of other reasons, then it may not help you much at all. But it basically takes the edge off hunger. I've found, and my experience has been that it can be extremely helpful with cravings. 
almost more so than hunger. Hunger and cravings are very closely related, um, but cravings are a little bit different. And yeah, absolutely can be actually completely separate from hunger too. I may not be hungry, but I may crave something too. And often people's cravings are for less than healthy foods. We typically don't have cravings for broccoli or salad. Sometimes you do, but they'll usually it's for something sweet, something fatty, something maybe, you know, very usually over-processed, things like that. But fentramine can actually be very helpful for cravings. And it can also be really helpful for carbohydrate cravings, but also carbohydrate withdrawal. I've spoken in the past that carbohydrate often, it's almost like a drug. And you have a little bit, you want more, you want more. And that's kind of the blood sugar swings. We talk about all this all the time. So when people undergo they switch to a very low carb diet, people can go through carbohydrate withdrawal. And it's very, very real. It's kind of like a drug, you will get withdrawal, um, no doubt about it. And it can be things from you know, headache, I feel tired, you know, I feel a little shaky, I feel like I've got to eat something. And these withdrawal symptoms are very real. And appetite suppressant, fentramine specifically, can actually help with preventing some of those uh, carb withdrawal symptoms. When you look at the big scheme of things, my experience has been, and we used to, I used to keep very close track of this, so we utilize it in our surgical patients as well as in our, our medical weight loss patients. And what I've found is that in general, that utilizing fentramine can actually lead to an extra eight to 12 pounds of extra weight loss. So whatever weight, you know, if you're in a medical weight loss plan, surgical weight loss plan, typically you can get about an extra eight to 12 pounds utilizing fentramine. Again, nothing magic there. It's just kind of helping you take the edge off hunger, taking the edge off cravings there. But I've also found secondarily that actually fentramine can be very helpful for weight maintenance, okay? Often in many settings that gee, fentramine is prescribed to help you lose weight, then hey, I've lost the weight, and now I go off the fentramine, which you know, every other medication in the world typically isn't the thing that we do. Typically, you know, blood pressure, you know, blood pressure medication helps you get your blood pressure down. But once your blood pressure gets down, we don't take you off the medication. Typically, we may be able to change the dosing a little bit, but usually you're going to stay on the medication to keep your blood pressure in that lower level. As opposed to, hey, you got to the lower level, we'll take you off your blood pressure. Well, your blood pressure is going to go right back where it started. Well, the same thing is true, very likely, with weight. It's like, gee, you lose the weight and you kind of go off your diet plan or go off the things you're doing to get there. Very likely you're heading back the same direction then. So fentramine actually can be very helpful for weight maintenance as well. And you may be able to use a smaller dose, you may just be able to use it intermittently, but still it can uh, be very helpful for weight maintenance. All right, now just like every medication in the world, there are potential side effects with fentramine. Some of them are very common, some of them are incredibly uncommon, but still, just like if you read the potential side effects of taking Tylenol, death is almost always one of them, but still, you know, that's incredibly rare. All right, so what are the potential side effects of fentramine? The common ones, and just about everybody notes this, is that they get a dry mouth. 
My answer to that is really simple. Drink plenty of water, which I encourage people to do anyway. So drink plenty of water. But almost everyone does get a dry mouth. Tends to be worse right as you're starting the medication. Typically, people adjust. And this is true with many side effects with many different medications that they may be more noticeable right when you start it and your body adjusts, not so noticeable anymore. And that's true with some of the common side effects of fentramine as well. So dry mouth is one of the most uh, common ones. You potentially can feel slightly jittery. And it's almost a sensation of, I just had a couple of cups of coffee. If you just, you know, if you ever drank way too much coffee, you might feel like, hey, I'm kind of wired. You can have that slight jittery sensation. Now, a lot of people like that sensation of, gee, I just had a couple cups of coffee. I am ready to go. I'm ready to get things done. And there's nothing wrong with that side effect unless it bothers you. And if it bothers you, the answer is easy. Quit taking the medication. Okay. And these are side effects. Those two specifically tend to be ones that people may notice when they first start, but they tend to adjust to them very quickly. And so they don't notice it as time goes on. Now, some more uncommon side effects is kind of if you were to take that even a little bit further, not, not just, gee, I feel slightly jittery, but that, gee, I can't sleep at night or I truly got tremors, or I feel like I'm a little dizzy, or if it does make your blood pressure go up, which it potentially can, even though it's relatively uncommon for that to occur. So if you truly have insomnia, you have tremors with it, dizziness with it, blood pressure problems with it, the answer is easy. Stop taking the medication and go away very quickly. And then there are a couple of theoretical problems. And the reason I say theoretical, because this is originally when fentramine came out, because of its appearance that looked like amphetamine or speed, is that potentially they thought, oh, they, these problems could arise. And what we found is that they really didn't arise, but still it's out there, that thing. So they're more theoretical. Could they cause heart problems? Could it cause pulmonary problems? Some of that thought process came from back in the early 90s, 1990s, when they had what was referred to as Fenfen. Fenfen was a combination medication of fentramine as well as fenfluramine. Fenfluramine was found to cause heart problems, lung problems, and subsequently it was taken off the market. The combination medication worked wonderfully, but still, because of the fenfluramine caused problems, that was taken off the market. Fentramine was never shown to cause those problems, but because it was associated with the fenfluramine, it's always been kind of out there that, hey, could it potentially cause heart problems? But generally, we don't see that. The other theoretical is one I alluded to earlier is could it cause addiction? And could it cause withdrawal problems if you were to, you know, be on this for an extended period of time, you know, stop it, would you get withdrawal from it? The answer is no. And because we don't see addiction, we don't see withdrawal, we don't see physical withdrawal. Now we may find some people that feel like hey, men mentally, they feel, hey, I need this. That's not a true addiction. But still, kind of, we do find that there are some people, hey, I really do so much better on this medication. 
Right. Well, we don't see true addiction. We don't see withdrawal from the medication at all. So bottom line is this can be a very safe medication therapy. Now, there are certainly a few reasons someone should avoid taking fentramine. Certainly, just like any medication that you may have an allergy to, don't take it. So if for some reason you've got an allergic reaction to it, the answer is easy, don't take it. Or if you already have a history of heart problems, whether you've had a previous heart attack, myocardial infarction, you have a history of congestive heart failure, history of um, rhythm problems, arrhythmias. If you have heart hypertrophy, and so these are not uncommon heart problems. If you had a history of those, it would be a good idea to avoid these type of medications. Not necessarily that the medication is going to cause this to be worse, but I assure you, if you were on the medication and your problem got worse, the medication is going to be blamed, whether it has anything to do with it at all or not. The other thing is if you've got high blood pressure that's poorly controlled. So it's not really, it used to be thought that, you know, you shouldn't take fentramine if you have any type of blood pressure problems. And that's really not true. As long as your blood pressure is well controlled, it's absolutely safe to take fentramine. But it still needs, your blood pressure needs to be monitored. If your blood pressure is poorly controlled, yeah, probably a good reason to stay away from fentramine. So kind of the theoretical side of all that, again, was, gee, if you're on any blood pressure medications, you shouldn't take it. And that's just not true. Okay. The other thought process was that if you were on antidepressants, because some of the antidepressants also look a bit like amphetamine, which looks a bit like fentramine. Yeah, so some of the antidepressants actually look similar. The thought was that there would be a crossover effect and that it would almost be like having too high a dose of antidepressant. And so you shouldn't take it with things like Prozac or Wellbutrin or anything like that. And that's that's not true. Okay. So the use of antidepressants was a theoretical problem. You'll actually see it still if you ever looked at the sheet that's given out with a lot of medications. When you go to the pharmacy, you often get the side effect sheet. It's actually still on there a lot of the times. Oh, it shouldn't be taken with, you know, antidepressants. And it just, that's not true. You know, that, that, that actually is, there was no crossover. We did not see that actually happen, but it was a theoretical thing that was out there back, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, when this medication first came online. And so subsequently, then it's always just been there. Okay, no one's ever bothered to take the thought process off the off the printed sheets that are out there. All right, so again, for most people, fentramine can be a very safe, um, very safe uh, medication to take. But there is some what I'll call art to utilizing the medication, and it's just not. A, it shouldn't just be as okay. Just take this, I'm good. Okay, um, you do actually want to play with it a little bit. It is a safe medication to play with. What I mean by that is kind of play the timing. Okay, fentramine typically is going to last about 10 to 12 hours. Okay, and so if you think about it, if you want an appetite suppressant, you want it working at the times that you're hungry. 
Okay, most people don't wake up starving. It's like, no, we tend to get hunger, cravings as the day progresses, as we go through our day. So most people don't wake up starving in the morning. Actually, a lot of people don't hungry at all in the morning. And there's lots of reason for that. Blood sugar stable, that's, but whatever. We're not going into that right now. So kind of the, the answer there is kind of, gee, maybe don't take it first thing in the morning. Okay. And you can again play with the timing. You want it working when you need it, okay, when I'm most hungry. And you want it wearing off when it's time to go to bed. Okay. Now, as I mentioned kind of the earlier, that gee, one of the common side effects is gee, you may feel like you just had a couple of cups of coffee. Well, just like drinking coffee and trying to go to sleep sometimes doesn't work very well. Well, some people work straight, but still, you have a cup of coffee, now I'm up all night. Well, again, don't drink coffee before you go to bed. Well, same thing here is, well, don't take this medication and then expect to go right to bed. Um, you know, you may find it. I can sleep just fine, but it's not unusual for someone to notice that, gee, in Vephentramine, I have a little harder time going to sleep. So then you want it worn off about the time to go to sleep. So you can play with the timing. Again, for most people, they don't wake up starving. They get hungry as the day progresses. So I usually have them take medication mid to late morning. So it's kicking in during that lunchtime, working into the afternoon, into the um, dinner time, and then kind of wearing off in the evening time before you go to bed. If you find out, hey, I can't go to sleep, it's like, okay, we'll take the medication a little earlier. On the other hand, if you find that, hey, I feel like I'm starving before I go to bed, then okay, you may want to take the medication a little later than in the morning. Okay? But it typically is going to last about 10 to 12 hours. It's one of those medications that it works when you take it, it doesn't work if you don't take it, which you know kind of makes sense. Okay? But what I mean by that is that it's not one of those medications that you have to take it for a number of weeks to a month or so before it actually starts kicking in. It's like, no, it's kicking in literally half an hour after you've taken it. It's like, no, it's starting to work then. So it's not like it has to build up over a number of days and kind of weeks and, oh, it's finally starting to work, which a lot of medications do work that way. It's like, no, you can take it and half hour later, it is working. So there isn't a build up, there isn't a lag time, there isn't a, it's like, no, it, it works when you take it. Okay? And for that reason, it actually can be utilized just intermittently. Many of us, me included, find that our lives are somewhat scheduled, meaning that there are certain days when we tend to eat worse than other days, whether it be weekend days, certain day, you know, I do this social event or whatever it is. But often during our normal days, if we're scheduled and we have this normal routine going, hunger isn't a big issue. And then maybe on the weekend, we have more time or when I'm doing other things. So this is one of those medications you can use it, even though, even though we write it as a daily medication. That's typically how it's written. Take this once a day type of thing. There's absolutely no reason you need to take it every day. And it actually probably works better to actually use it intermittently. So it can be used intermittently if there are certain days of the week that tend to be worse. Use them then. Gee, I struggle on the weekend. Use it on the weekend. Other days I do just fine because my day's scheduled out. So I'm not thinking about food all the time. And so we don't use it those days. So it can be used intermittently. It can also be used in 
half doses, which is I encourage people when they're first starting to utilize ventramine, is just use half the dose, which means just break the tablet in half. Break the tablet in half and use half a dose. Many people find that half dose is all they need. And if that's true, just use half a dose. Okay. Um, so kind of it, it can be used intermittently. It can be used in smaller doses and it can be used long term. Again, originally it was thought, oh, you can only utilize this for a couple months and that's it. I was like, no, it actually can be used you know, for years. Um, and there's not a reason. It just needs to be monitored. You do have to watch, you know, watch your blood pressure, see your regular doctor, regular, you always, the way you always should. So it can actually be used long term. All right, a few cautions. Okay, for people that are utilizing fentramine, sometimes it works so well that people forget to eat. It's like, oh, I forgot to eat. I haven't eaten anything. Okay, or they just literally just skip meals going and going and going. Starvation has never been a good weight loss plan. On the other hand, though, we talk about and I talk about intermittent fasting. And so this can actually potentially help people that are doing intermittent fasting. It's like, gee, I use my medication on those fasting days. I don't use it on the other days. Okay? It can actually work well that. But there are a few individuals that work so well, they just forget to eat. And generally forgetting to eat is not a good weight loss plan. Okay. Starvation itself has never been a good weight loss plan. Starvation is not fasting. They're two different things. All right. And you also have to realize that even if it's working well, it doesn't necessarily stop you from eating. Okay. It just, there can be lots of other reasons for eating. And it won't necessarily make you stop eating, it won't necessarily make you eat less. So you really have to look at what are the whys of why you are eating. Kind of whether it's, you know, there are often many other reasons. So if it has nothing to do with hunger, the reasons that you're eating, fentramine won't help that much. And what you really just have to realize is that without a good nutritional exercise plan, that any weight loss that you see with the fentramine is very likely going to be very temporary. It's kind of an adjunct, a tool to help with your kind of weight loss plan. But that's all it is, nothing magic. So in summary, fentramine, it's a safe medication, been around for a long time, and it can be very helpful, especially with cravings, and especially utilized with a good diet and good exercise plan. All right, let's see. See some questions. Do you saw that the office be opening next week? Okay. Um, right. So fentramine is a scheduled medication. You know, they talk about scheduled medications are things that are more the more closely regulated than other medications. So we can't just kind of willy-nilly throw out stuff and sell it and things like that. Um, no, so you definitely have to have a prescription for it. Um, it can be, you know, in our previous location, we were actually a pharmacy. We are not at this location. So yes, we can give prescriptions for it. We can't, previously we actually dispensed it because we were actually a pharmacy in our old, there are a lot of hoops to jump through, which, uh, we haven't gone jump through all those hoops. So there are a lot of hoops to jump through to dispense it. 
to write a prescription for it. You just need to be a physician, a clinician who is comfortable with kind of writing these prescriptions. So the answer is yes, we prescribe it to patients. So having said that though, there are some things that need to be accomplished. You do need to make sure you're following up with your regular doctor. You've got a good heart. There aren't, you know, behind the scenes problems that would make taking the medication problematic. So it's not something we sell or dispense at the office. It's not that simple. All right. So kind of, you know, for someone who's interested in utilizing it as part of a, a weight loss plan, Yes, we have. We're just in, in our new office space. We are just getting, uh, getting this up and off the ground type of thing where we can sit down and we can kind of go over utilizing fentramine. Uh, we do need medical clearance from your regular doctor that you're, hey, someone said, hey, it's okay for you to be on this medication. Um, and then we can kind of talk about kind of whether it's a good for your weight loss plan. And it can be a very good adjunct, a good tool for many weight loss plans. And we do have kind of weight loss plans. We basically do a lot of them online now and digitally, um, but we still have all those available just as we always did, I guess. And can, yes, we do have, if they're interested in it, just give the office a call. They can talk to you, walk you through it. How do you get involved? How do you get set up to potentially do this? So the answer is yes, you can make an appointment is the answer. So I think that answered most of the questions out there. So it is available. It's been around for 60 years, very safe medication. You know, obviously you kind of hear about a lot of the newer ones out there, which are really hard to find. They're really expensive. They're, they can work. There's no doubt about that. Um, they were really, uh, some of the newest ones were actually made for diabetics and very expensive, hard to find, shortages of a lot of these things out there, but it's kind of one of those things you read about um, with all your favorite Hollywood actors and things like that. All right, well, we're not getting into those at this time. Very good. Well, if you think of other questions, just pick up the phone, send us an email, stop by the office. We are having a grand opening in a week, a week from today, from three to seven, um, and stop by and see us. And kind of all kinds of this information. All right, very good. So, yes, stop by the office. You can get your body comp done. We still have people stop by all the time. Um, log into the membership portal. Um, typically, kind of, we'll have the weight loss tips as well as the weekly recipes. Tune in each Tuesday, 12:15 for the next webinar. Watch your email for the invite and link. And I see one other question that went up there. Do you know if it's covered? Well, yeah, yeah, that's an insurance. If it's covered by health insurance, depends on your insurance. You know, just like surgery, is surgery covered by health insurance? Depends on your insurance. Same thing with most medications. Some are, some aren't. Because fentramine is, I'll digress a little, because fentramine has been around for so long, almost all insurance companies will cover it. But even if they don't, Fentramine is so inexpensive. I mean, literally, you can get, if you were to look up a good RX, you could probably find it for 10 bucks for three months worth. I mean, it's very inexpensive. It's a very safe medication. Um, 
it may range from 10 to 20 bucks if you're paying for three months worth all by yourself. So even if it's not covered by insurance, which many insurances may cover because it's been around for so long and is so inexpensive. Um, but then even if it doesn't, it's like, it's, it's very inexpensive to get this. All right, very good. If you think of other questions, again, pick up the phone, send us an email, stop by the office. All right, very good. So again, tune in next week, 12.15 for the next webinar. Watch your email for the invite and link. And remember, it's your life. Make it a healthy one. Have a good day, everyone. Take care.